lawyer talk, off the record. Special House Bill edition. I'm going to call it House Bill edition. You know, it's funny, Jared. We were uh, we were just sort of chit-chatting. You're going up to watch a trial? I will be. It'll be December 3rd, I do believe. I'll have to make sure I get the right date on that. But I believe it's December 3rd in Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. So he's checking the date. And what does House Bill edition have to do with Jared watching a trial? Hmm. Well, the trial I'm going to see here is a 44-year-old man is dead from a stab wound to the chest. The Summit County Medical Examiner's Office says the victim was found on the front porch of a residence at the 700 block of Garfield Street around 12.45 a.m. Tuesday. The police say the suspect, 33-year-old Crystal Bruce, is charged with murder, tampering with evidence, and illegal cultivation of drugs. She was booked into the Summit County Jail. She? She was booked. Wow. So how did he get hit with? Are you allowed <laughs> so to she charge? Murders, she murders somebody and then they hit her with cultivation of drugs too? Well, she had a grow house. They went in the basement. So the murder happens at a grow house? Well, no, it, it's like a grow house. I'm not, a not, house trying, you, to, I'm not look, trying to. If you live in a house seem like and you kill somebody the in there and you grow pot in there, it is a grow house Grow house where you committed where murder. Where you committed I, I understand, but I I. Don't think in on, my years of doing this, I've seen a grow house murder yet. So the grow house well, murder. The yeah. state of Ohio versus Crystal Bruce on August eighth, twenty eighteen. Upon due consideration of this court, it is hereby ordered that a trial in this case set for December third, twenty eighteen, at nine a.m. is further ordered. So that will be starting out there in uh, December 3rd. God, the okay. So Gia hired as the private investigator? I, I did not. I, I'd heard the information, uh, and it went through the lines there. If anybody listened to a, another one of our recordings, when it comes out, this is my friend with the neck tattoo. He was killed. Mm. He, was, he was stabbed to death. Uh, thing about it was it's a very weird situation to where uh, she called a friend that lived a few doors down. And uh, she gives him a call. She's like, I need you to come over to my house. I, I, I've got a situation. Well, the situation was she just stabbed Belleville seven, eight times, drug him to the front porch, then took her 11-year-old daughter to go stay at the neighbor's. As she comes back inside, the neighbor that she called came back, finds uh, Sean on the front porch bleeding out, and he's very confused as to what's going on. Walks into the house, didn't know, you know, I mean, with Crystal's okay, what is going on? She was in the process of washing clothes and washing the knife off and cleaning up the, the evidently, I do believe he was in like a recliner. He was sleeping in like a, uh, a lazy boy. And so she was cleaning everything up. He, in turn, gets a little bit freaked out. He calls 911. Now, she did not call 911. She stabbed him, drug him to the front porch took the daughter next door, starts cleaning up the house, calls the neighbor, says there's a situation. He comes over, sees what the situation is. He calls 911, tells them, I just came over to my neighbor's house. He's on the porch. He's still alive, but he's losing a lot of blood. And uh, he, he, he ran outside. And he, he talked so to this dude's story. still alive? No, he died. He, no, uh, I mean like still alive at the, that time. Well, at that time. Yes, whenever he's still got a heartbeat, or is he talking to him? Or? The when the squad got there, I, I you're getting this from an article. I, well, a lot of it from the article and just uh, uh, the grapevine. Yeah, pending litigation. Pending little litigation there through uh, people. Uh, so 
that's you know that's the story mainly we're getting to the grapevine here if i go back to the written article here which is an older one uh see here temporary evidence according to police bruce and belleville were in an involved verbal altercation prior to her stabbing him and uh that's about all we well let's see here yes that's uh that's about all the information i have on it there until i go sit in there and as it happened this woman had been has been charged, and she has a lengthy uh, rap sheet. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and everybody knew they're like she's going to claim self defense. She's going to claim self defense, and Sean was Sean, and he he. But I do not ever see him hitting a woman or being that in that situation. He should never been in that situation where he's at. You know, they were an on and off again couple. She was a madam. So she was a pimp. So uh, they had a, you know, then evidently they had cultivation in the basement. This had happened. I actually hadn't seen or talked to Sean in a number of years. It had been probably about three years since I, two, three years since I'd seen him. Last time I saw him, he'd happened to stop into my shop. I hadn't seen him in a while. All right. So what does this have to do with anything? You started talking about that. And I was like, sounds like she's going to claim self-defense. And as I said that, I was like, oh, we just passed in Ohio. The House passed it anyway. The much debated stand your ground law. Ohio's the only state, right? That no, Florida's stand your got to stand your ground. Florida. Uh, that does not or does? That does not have stand your ground. I don't know oh, that. I don't know I that. I think one Ohio's the only state that doesn't. Really? Yeah, I think so. Let me well, look it up. It is controversial. So it basically, what it says is you don't have any duty to retreat anymore before you can use deadly force. If, if you're allowed to use deadly force, you don't have a duty to retreat anymore even if it's going to be deadly force, if you're otherwise allowed to use deadly force in self-defense. Apparently, Ohio is the only state where a person is guilty until proven innocent in cases of self-defense. Now, what's the source? Because to that me, sounds awful loaded. It's probably, I mean, I read all the Dem stuff, so it's probably all something. Right, all right, all right. So let me, here's, let, <laughs> let's talk about currently, Jeff, as we know it, and we've tried a couple self-defense murder cases together, or at least a, a self-defense murder case and then a, a self-defense felonious assault case. Uh, I've tried several homicide self-defense type scenarios over my lifespan of my career, which is now approaching 24 years. Mm. Crazy. Uh, And basically it always was this. You have a duty to retreat unless you're in your house. And then it wasn't that long ago that they changed that duty to retreat uh, to your car. Mm -hmm. And you know, so what that, here's what we're talking about. If I can use self-defense, I mean, in, in sort of simplest terms, I'm allowed to use self-defense uh, for non-deadly force. I can meet force with force. So, if Jared, if you're coming at me and you've got a, you're using your fists, and I pull out a gun and shoot you, well, that force would probably not be considered reasonable under most circumstances. And I say most because, you know, there are times, let's say I am, I am a, uh, I've been incapacitated on the ground and you've just beat me that way. And if I take one more blow, that'll kill me. And you're coming at me with only your, only your fist. Well, now you're using deadly force against me. So I can use deadly force to repel it. But the general rule is I can only use the force necessary to repel the attack. The other thing built into that, there's a couple standards built into that. I have to actually believe it. I have to subjectively believe it. And then a reasonable onlooker, somebody watching like TV would say, yeah, that was reasonable that 
that uh, force was uh, that was the right amount of force. That was a reasonable yeah. amount of force. Now here's reasonable the other reaction. So what we're talking about is force that is reasonable to repel what is used against you, and you subjectively believe that you needed to do that, and the amount of force does not exceed what is necessary uh, to, I guess, uh, stop the stop the attack. And then built into that, if it was deadly force under Ohio law, if this keeps going, that might change. Uh, you had a duty to retreat. So if you could turn your turn your head and run away and live to fight another day, you had to do it. And yeah, but going back to what I said, why this law is so important is because under Ohio law, you you have a burden to prove self defense. Yes. Normally, in a criminal case the state or the city, whoever's prosecuting you has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt you did something. Right. If you are claiming self-defense, you actually have to present evidence in Ohio and that meets the elements you just talked about. Yes. You're retreating those things. Here, yeah. And meet a certain burden before the jury is even allowed to be instructed that you can consider self-defense. So this is like a little logic game. And, and what I'm going to do is we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to simplify this. We're going to put it into a real life setting and then everybody will understand what it is now. So, you get a call. Ring-a-ling-a-ling, Jeff. I am uh, John Doe. I've just killed this dude in self-defense. He was attacking me, and uh, I pulled out my gun, and I shot him. I've killed him in self-defense. And believe it or not, Palmer has received that phone call. I have received that call. It's almost exactly what he just said. I've just killed a man in self-defense. Where did it happen? Well... It was all over the place, man. It was over here. It was over there. The fight went here and there and there and blah, 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 blah. So it was, it was near a home, uh, in a, near a car, in the street, on the sidewalk, on the doorstep, on the porch. Man shot dead. Uh, so what do you do, right? I mean, you're thinking, well, this is self-defense. And most people, I think, and I, I've actually talked to CCW uh, or, or people get looking for their license to carry a concealed handgun. You can't get your license to con- carry in a concealed like shotgun, but a handgun you can. Samurai sword? Samurai sword. No, no. I, don't, I don't know if you can get a license to do that. Um, and I've t- I, I always caution people, and everybody's a little bit worried about this, and usually what I do is I set up like a little mock trial. I've gone up to uh, some of these places, some of these gun stores. I don't even know if I should mention their names, but some of the gun stores where they, where they teach people, and I'll, I'll say, uh, all right, sir, you over there, why don't you come up and over here sit? And I said, ladies and gentlemen, meet defendant. And I sit him there at the at the front, and I give this scenario, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I say, all right, who thinks that he's guilty or not guilty? And uh, after I give some facts, and I say, well, here's the interesting thing. They have the burden of proving him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, but this is the only scenario that, not the only, but this is one of those weird scenarios in Ohio where the defendant actually has a burden to do something. <clears throat> so even though you are sure that you killed somebody in self-defense, and you go tell the police that you've killed somebody, but it was in self-defense, you can still get charged with murder, and it is not their job to prove that you didn't do it in self-defense. It is, their, it is your job to prove that you did. So it starts like this. They have to offer evidence that you committed murder, meaning that you purposely took the life of another, in very simple terms. Uh, that means that you knew what you were doing, you pulled the trigger, you killed somebody, that's murder. And once they offer enough evidence for that, you get to stand up and say, well, I'm going to offer an affirmative defense. I'm going to defend this, not by saying they didn't prove it, not by saying they can't prove it, not by saying, nah, 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 I'm, I'm remaining silent and relying on all my constitutional protections. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to prove my own case. I'm going to take on this burden to show you, ladies and gentlemen, just like your gal up in Akron who killed your buddy is going to try to do. I'm going to prove to you that I, it was self-defense. And that means you're going to offer evidence of some sort that says you did it, uh, that you were, you were reasonable in acting in self-defense. You were subjectively believed that you were acting or that you subjectively believed that to, if you did not act, your life was in danger. Um, that you, if you had a duty to retreat, you didn't violate it. Uh, and that that was the only means necessary to repel the attack or whatever the, the burden would yeah. be. We have to offer and then you stand up. Now, here's the thing. Um, if I sue somebody in civil cases, like uh, you owe me money because you ripped me off in your vape store, never would happen. But if, if, that, if that impossible scenario could have happened and I decide to sue you, uh, I have to prove it by a mere preponderance of the evidence. So if you look at the, like a scale of justice, it just barely has to tip in my favor. If you government want to prove me guilty of a crime like murder, you have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Now the scale of justice has to tip much farther than that, uh, enough where the jury would be satisfied to rely upon it in his or her most important of affairs. So it's a very significant burden of proof they have to come up with. So it's this weird logic game, right? They offer enough beyond a reasonable doubt evidence, then you offer just a little bit and you can get out on self-defense. It's very strange. Well, what's so weird to me about it is it almost should happen in, in reverse because what's the point of the state proving a murder case when I'm admitting I killed someone? You see what I'm saying? I'm admitting, I mean, the, really the only, the only, well, I'm trying to think, the two experiences I had with self-defense in a shooting situation like this, the defendant had to testify. The evidence came from the defendant saying, let me go through what I went through and why I made the choices I made. So if I'm already admitting that, well, the state's case has been made. I'm, I'm admitting that I, that I took the life of somebody else. You know what I mean? So it's odd, so, right? so it's weird because they spend time proving the case, and then a lot of times the defendant gets up there and says, yeah, I did it, but here's why. Now, there's a, there's a backside to that. I mean, it's not just, let's say they prove the case, but it was at Polaris, north of Polaris Parkway instead of south of Polaris Parkway. And they got the wrong county. They still have to prove venue. Oh, they well, still have to yeah, prove. Yeah, sure, sure. They have to prove different elements, and they have to prove causation. And a lot of times, you know, it, it would be it. an odd scenario, but you could have like a poisoning case or something where yeah. maybe causation. The person was going to die anyway because yeah. they were choking, and uh, you had just hastened. Or the let's effort. say the guy gets shot in the arm, freaks out, jumps in a car, and crashes his car and kills himself. Yeah, is that? Mary says, "If you want me dead, I'm I'm going to kill myself anyway." So now yeah, you have a causation. You'd, you'd mentioned there was a difference from getting a good shellacking with fist to pull out a weapon, a gun, yes, and shoot them. You're saying you really got to be taking a good beating before you can t pull out the gun. You have to reasonably and subjectively, reasonably meaning somebody else would agree, a reasonable person would agree, and subjectively meaning you actually believe it that if you don't act, if you don't use deadly force then you will die. Well, if you or pull out a pocket probably. knife and just give them a little stick. You know what I always think cases. about? And these get the, the same. It, here's, it, here's the flip joke. Remember this in the bar exam review. It's like, what is deadly force? Well, they died. It's deadly, right? So you can, a deadly force could be a punch in the nose. Well, that was another question because I've heard of a story to where a couple gentlemen get in a fight in a parking lot outside of a bar. The brawl goes on. One guy goes down, hits his head on the concrete. Death. 
Now, are you going to be able to say like, you would have to prove who started the fight, how it, how, how, it, how, it trans, how it went down to where this guy came at me, he was clocking me, my shot was good, he went down and hit the parking you know, block with his head. Mm-hmm. It gets real. It gets really, really odd in there. That becomes deadly force. You've killed somebody. Now, you, you did bring up an element I left out. I'm glad you did because you said you have to prove the other guy started it. So here's the other element that you have oh, to yeah, take right. on, which is you're not at fault in starting the fray. So you didn't mm-hmm. start the fight. I can't pick a fight with you and then claim self-defense when I yeah. kill you. Um, but what I can do is pick a fight with you because I, man, you've been, you've been calling my girlfriend. And I'm gonna come. I'm gonna kick your ass. So I come kick your ass. I give you a. I give you a little bit of a beat down. Now I'm not right. I've probably committed felonious assault, maybe even or simple assault. But then you come back over the top an hour later and say, "I'll show that, Palmer. I'll raise you. I'm gonna raise you one gun, and you come and you shoot me. Have I started the fight? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Or did it die down sufficiently that it's a new fight? And I've had those scenarios too, where you get in this fight. And then uh, this happens a lot, actually. So you get in a bar fight. Somebody punches somebody in the face. Because their car. You go back. All right, everybody chill out. Well, now the dude's waiting in the parking lot and really kicks your ass. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that happens. Or I'll show him. I'm, I know where he lives. And you're waiting inside the garage with a ball bat. And that, now it's a new fight. It, the, the, the dust had settled on the old fight. And now you got a new one that you have started. And that is tied closely. And all these elements sort of interact with each other in a way that makes it very confusing. Because... You also have a duty to retreat. And if you, if you didn't, you know, if you could have, you could have just run away. And that's where it gets sort of strange. Now, the duty to retreat does not exist necessarily in non-deadly cases, nor does it exist when you're in your house, nor does it exist when you're in your car now. That's a new one. And if you're in your house or your car, Jeff, back when we had our trial, the one you worked on with me. I just did an appeal on car they didn't have this. It had changed, or the, this, this meaning it, a car one. Well, meaning they were in. I don't understand. If what I'm that in means. my car, it's like your house. So look, you don't have to retreat. But if you're, you're in your house, what well, somebody gets into your car? No, 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 no. A duty to. So let's look at it this way. It's called the castle doctrine. So my my house is my castle. Me castle. You can't come in. I should be safe in my house. If I'm in my house and you're coming in the front door with a gun. I don't have a duty to run out the back door. I can just kill you if I feel like I am in danger of death or serious bodily harm. I can't kill you if I don't feel like I'm in danger. So if it's my 10-year-old who's just breaking in to get his book bag, uh, then I, I better, you know, now I can have a mistaken belief. That's mm-hmm. the other element of this. Mm-hmm. I can be mistaken. But if, if I really don't have a belief uh, that I am in danger of death or serious bodily harm, I can't just because somebody's in my house kill them. Yeah. Um, and you see that, there's an old movie where the scenario is somebody's, somebody gets into their house and they're breaking in and they're rummaging around through things and the guy catches them and the guy chases him into the yard. So he, he, he gets out of his house, the guy's running across the backyard and shoots him. You know what I mean? That's murder. Now, or, or like the farmer that rigs the door because his, his yeah, shop's getting that's broken into all the time and they pull the door, the shotgun goes off, and now the crook ain't got no kneecaps. Yet he can sue the farmer for his farm. Yeah, you bet. Um, (laughs) That happened. You bet. It's happened. And there's a murder case. I remember seeing the pictures. Uh, It was like the law school murder case where the guy, some shop owner was getting uh, broken into all the time. There was a trap door on his roof or like an escape hatch or something. So he rigged it up with a, he put a steel, (laughs) he hung a steel cage below the trap door and then wired it. (laughs) So if you, so the guy, the burglar's coming in, 
you know, they're going to get electrocuted. And they did. And he, there's a dead guy in a cage when he comes in the next day. <laughs> right? Oh, God. And he had been broken into time and time again. I hate to laugh fresh dead, catch. my God. It's fresh catch, right? It's sort of like catching a uh, rodent in your yeah. in your barn or something. But, you know, it's like there's no mouse traps for humans. You can't kill a human just because they're breaking into your, uh, your shop. Now, if, if, a, if a burglar enters my home by stealth of night and I'm half asleep and I hear somebody rummaging around in my house, well... Now it's a different scenario. It's, it it's a live action game now. So if I go shoot that guy, I'm probably acting in self defense. Probably, but you said probably. It scares probably. me a little bit. But like when you guys are- I, if I had my gun out in my house, and I'm not a huge gun guy, but I have a gun for protection, I it would, I would hesitate to say, is this guy coming at me, or is he gonna hurt somebody in my family right. before I pulled the trigger? Now here's what's interesting. In the because case that what you I've and seen. I tried. We enjoyed this extra little facet that's changed in my career. There is now a presumption in law that you are acting in self-defense if yes. it is in your house yes. or your car. That's a big deal. Now, presumptions but Jared, are- But Jared, if the bullet went in his back- Even in your house, I think you're fine. Right. Mm, so, you think? It's not, see, it's not 100%. It's, it's not 100%. There's you a presumption. You, you, you might be sitting in you might, well, that's the point, right? So here's the scenario, right? Everybody who gets, everybody who thinks about I've this. I've always heard like, the good old boy story. If you shoot him in the back, you flip him over and put one in the chest. Yeah. Well, or drag not, him off the couch. I'm, or I'm, I'm not recommending We're not going to go down that road on lawyer talk. <laughs> I just had something to cover. We can go down that road. It's called a crime. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's tampering with evidence. Yes. I mean, it's all, there's, there's, it's probably abuse of a corpse too on some, on some level. Oh, that's but, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So really you're better off just taking the gamble. Oh, I, that's what I'm saying. I, before I would pull the trigger in my house, I would make sure, like, if I'm at the top of my stairs and I see him and he's coming up the stairs at me, well, I, I think that's fair game. But if he sees me and then starts to make a move for the window, it's like, I'm probably going to let him go because it, I don't it know makes what I would do. I don't know what yeah. I would do. And that's why, because look, nobody, we are not necessarily trained to deal with that scenario and everybody's going to react a little bit differently. Oh, I got the tactical light on my gun. The law Don't does worry. not remember. The law does not measure nicely the measure of defense that is required. And I mean, I, I there's a there's a uh, there's sort of this built-in standard that you don't have to be perfect. All right, it's one of my favorite quotes. But there's an old giant. You, you know who John Steinbeck is? Yeah, the writer. Right? Yeah, right. He wrote a, he wrote a book called East Old of, Man in the Sea. Wrote East of Eden, and others. But wrote, Old Man in the Sea. I'm right about that, right? I, is that Steinbeck? I don't know if that was Steinbeck. Oh, gosh, so many people are, like, screaming right now. All right, go ahead. But I'll interrupt you. He, uh, there's a quote in there, and it says, now that I don't have to be perfect, I can be good. Yeah. Right, it's one of my favorite quotes. So you don't have to have perfect self-defense. I probably disagree politically a lot with Steinbeck if I really sat down so, and talked to him. But so the problem so, is, I was sitting here talking about it, it's like you don't have to have a perfect self-defense, but you may have had to shell out money for a lawyer and gone into court. And even though you've maybe been acquitted of any allegation that you think about what that well, look at what this is. Look what this is, man. If you think of the perfect self-defense scenario, somebody's broken into my house, and I have shot them. So, Jared, put yourself in this scenario. You're sound asleep. You and Shorty hanging out out in your snoring, and because Mama B has got you healthy, you don't need your CPAP anymore, and you hear the rattle of a broken window. And next thing you know, you hear somebody walking around the new hardwood floors you've installed in your kitchen. Old man sees hemming. I didn't think it was Steinbeck. No. And then you hear the door open for the basement. <coughs> and they go down to the basement. Yeah. 
that you get your gun. And now you're thinking, what the hell's going on? Well, the next thing you hear is the basement door open again. And now he's coming upstairs. Slow this time. No, I don't have any. Gun. Like I don't. Ha- I don't have any guns in my house. I know you don't, but this is a fictional. No, this is a fictional this, story. Anyway. I know this is a fictional you have a story. Ball bat. You have a ball bat. I've got knives. All right, you've got a knife. You've got a Chinese throwing star and a knife. I need to get Chinese throwing star. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. as as you hear him slowly walk up the steps, and you know that there's been a boogeyman breaking into houses and committing violent acts to your neighbors, you grab your throwing star. And because you've trained with it. <laughs> this kid's totally sideways. I do have a gun. You could use me as an example. You've trained with it. Yeah. You whip it with expert efficiency. <laughs> and you hear it thump as it penetrates his chest right between, actually the side of his chest, right between two ribs pierces his heart, creating a condition called uh, pericardial tamponade, wherein his little sac that surrounds his heart begins to fill with blood. And the blood itself is what causes his heartbeat to stop. He falls down the stairs and you watch him gurgle to death. You're thinking, thank God I did that because he was coming up here to kill me, just like he attacked my neighbors and everything else. You think, no big deal. That's self-defense. So you call 911, the police come out, and then they say, well, this doesn't make any sense. It looks to me like you dragged this guy from your front porch all the way to your landing of your stairs. And, by, and it looks like... Uh, Is that a throwing star? That's a, th- <laughs> that's a throwing star? You, no, we don't believe that was self-defense. But... I, I, but uh, we don't believe that at all. We're going to charge you with murder. And then whenever they look at my phone records and they're like, we noticed that you called Steve Palmer before you called 911. Right. You called your lawyer. Now, you can't really do that, but you called, the, or they I, can't. What do you mean I can't do that? No, you can do that, but they can't really argue that against you later. Well, that's I was, I, that was a question I had, though. Yeah. I really was. We covered that a little bit last time, I think. Where that's you, what happened in the scenario with you. Yeah, they keep, well, this call, is, all right, so I get, you're right. Yeah. Before he called the police. Yeah. Calls me. And we have a, confidential client communication and we deal with the problem but the police don't believe you they don't believe that you needed to throw that star and they now we're gonna, they don't believe my mad skills either and they're like this doesn't make any sense this looks to me like more like you went up and stuck him with it to make it look like you threw it as he was coming up the stairs and you've spattered this blood all over in a way that would only rival the staircase on Netflix mm. this is a setup crime scene, and we are going to charge you with murder. All right, so now the scenario is this. It's like, and imagine the same thing with a gun. I mean, we've added a lot of fun little facts, but same thing with a gun. Most people who get a gun would think, oh, I can kill that guy, or I can use deadly force here. But you don't think that now you have to ring a ring a ring a ling, and you got to call your lawyer, and you've got to defend a murder charge. You're on trial for murder. Yeah. And I think a lot of, we'll have to ask some of the CCW people we know, I don't have a CCW, but I think they, if you have a CCW, they teach you in the class that you need to have either a lawyer on retainer they do. or somebody in mind if you, in fact, feel like you need to pull your firearm. They suggest that a lot. Yeah. And, and I think I, I offer this kind of example at these classes when I've spoken at them. 
to sort of punctuate the point that in Ohio, in the stand your ground line or stand your ground law proposes to change some of this, but in Ohio, it ain't a free pass. They don't have to prove that it wasn't self-defense or that, that, that they don't have to prove you guilty. You have to, they have to prove that you killed somebody. Then you've got to offer evidence to prove that it was self-defense. So you've got a burden of proof. You're fighting for your life. And here's what it is. Well, no, everybody says the same thing. Well, that's, that's gotta be self-defense. No big deal. So to say you're, I don't, I, I, I have doubts whether your friend's killer will succeed in her self-defense claim based on some of the facts you've told me. But let's change those facts and say she's in our scenario. Like everybody thinks that ought to be, so it's simple, no big deal. How much time do you think that we put into our last jury trial that you worked on? <sighs> thousand hours. I don't know how many hours. Like aggregate uh, time. Thousand hours. Yeah. That costs money. Cost a lot of money. And it shuts your life down. You might even be sitting in jail while the trial is getting worked up. You might have lost your job because the headlines are Jared Blinsky, owner of Westerville Vape, or uh, Advanced Vapor, forgive me, in Westerville, Ohio, uh, charged with murder. So now your business is down, and your whole life is turned on its ear, and everything is upside down, and, and it doesn't make any sense. But you're like, it was self-defense. And you're right. Now you're going to get a presumption anyway that you acted in self-defense because it was in your house, but it doesn't mean you can't be put on trial still. Mm -hmm. So I use the throwing star. And by the way, if the journalist, if that was the, the, the topic, Wester, Advanced Vapor, Westerville owner gets charged with murder, it's a bad journal. Because if you really killed a guy with a throwing star, I'd lead with that. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's where I'm coming to. So I throw the throwing star. And as it bounces off of his neck, he is really upset now. Like, did you just throw a throwing star <laughs> yeah, right. at me? And Dude. I realized now, so now, now that situation. Now he has his gun. We get into a fight. I, he pulls I, a gun. He's got a gun. And he's in your house? And he's in my house. Now I threw the throwing star. I'm done. I should have grabbed the nunchucks. I went with the throwing star. Bad move. Now I'm in a fight. Okay. I, and then remove, he, I get the gun he from plays, him. He, he got to give him the line first that Sean Connery used in Untouchables. He brought a throwing star to a gunfight. Mm. I think it was knife. You brought a knife to a gunfight. I don't think so. there was throwing stars in, unless you saw a different version of the Untouchables. Uh, I'm just inserting our facts into Sean I'm just going to say, Cameron. if they had throwing stars, that would really add to the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. I, mean, I mean, what mobster wouldn't want a throwing star, right? <laughs> so now, throwing star, I miss. Now he's got the gun. We're in his tuffle. I take please. the gun. <laughs> I take the gun. <laughs> now. I have the gun that he, and I shoot him. Now I'm in the hallway and I have to prove that my throwing star skills were slighted that day, which they probably aren't going to believe. They're going to be like, Jerry, we know how you are with throwing stars. You're a pro. Yeah. And they probably, but I'll be like, no, really. You stuck that in the wall afterwards. I, yes. It's like right there. I missed and we got a tuffle. I took the gun. I shot the gun. It's an unregistered gun. They don't know whose gun it is or where it was from. Now they're saying that it was my gun. All along. And I'm like, I didn't have a gun. Right. But I took it from him. I had a throwing star. It's in the wall. Check the prints. <laughs> and they're, like, they're like, well, your prints are all over it. Right. And you also have uh, the gun residue on your arm. Right. GSR. Um, so I'm going to have to say that. I think that scenario is better. I mean. I'm not so sure. Because that scenario sounds the awful for me. No, no but you're standing there if and a guy's guy, pulled a gun. If yes. you have in your house. And I take it from him. 
what worse scenario can there be? If you're the worst scenario, is they're you, saying that was my gun. Yeah, I think that's not a better scenario for him it's because now he's got the initial assailant. If you're going to believe all that nonsense, incapacitated and being covered with a man with a fire. I mean, it's like he is no longer your your danger is no longer right. The the deadly force is no longer necessary. So you're saying he should just order him to his feet and say, get out of the house? Maybe. Because you know how the gun? I mean, I, it, or gets shoot him real, in the leg. it gets real dicey then. So what would a jury do, really, which is the question? Sweep the leg. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the debate that we get into. I have these debates in these classes, and then I finally say, it's like, you, you take a vote. How many people believe that's self-defense? About three or four hands. Yeah. How many people don't? A couple yeah. of hands go up. How many people don't know? Like, no, all the hands go up. It's like, that's a trial, boys. That's jury trial. That's it. That's yep. it. You've just been on trial, and your fate, your future is unknown, and not not even people here can't agree. There is no hard, fast law on this. And you've got a factual burden to establish self-defense, and if you can't, guess what? If there's a gun involved, you're 15 to life plus three on a gun spec. Yeah. So, so you, don't go firing off a throwing star. Here's what you do. You get your barbecue tools, so like uh, big tongs and stuff, right? And have you ever banged them together before and they make those sounds or maybe slide them against each other and they make those loud sounds, sharpening a knife? When you hear the guy coming up the stairs, make that noise and then say, Sharpening my throwing star. I've been waiting for you. Hmm. Just say that, dude. Who's going to come up those stairs, man? The guy with the gun. That's even more unbelievable than my story. <laughs> but, I mean, imagine the frustration at that. The only reason I said that is because I, that is legitimately what I told my wife when we didn't have a gun and when there were some break-ins in our apartment before we got married. And uh, she said, well, what are you going to do if somebody breaks in? And that's what I told her. I said, I'm going to get the barbecue tools. I'm going to shing, shing. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> well, even now, how are you going to have time to call the police when the first thing you have to do is unlock your gun safe? Well, then you, I gotta, have, to, then you have to find your key I gotta to the gun lock itself. I got a little now hand you got to get that undone there. A I got a little code. hand code and my mind's locked, like loaded, fingers. ready to go. Yep. You just like put your a, fingers on it. It's, it's like a, a hand and you push like four buttons that I, only I know, know the code to. And one, it's not two, one, three, two, three, four. four. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. If there's only four options, you got four fingers. Yeah, four fingers. And it's a... Trying to think. So it's, it's a it's like the little explanation point on the on the calculator. You got to hit four with the explanation point. It'll tell you all the possibilities. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a math. Guy. Oh, I'm 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 sure about. It. I mean, the point is, so my child's four. not going to get into it. They don't even know it's there. She'll just try thirty times and get it. Uh, I mean, they for well, yeah, maybe you're right. Let me tell maybe. you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> they I will would, find it. I would have gotten into it gotten if I were a kid. It. Actually, maybe not. They may kick off after so many failed efforts. I don't know. I you think gotta, it, does. it probably it, does. I don't. That way, if you're under the gun, literally, and you screw up three times, you're just... <laughs> you can't remember, and you're like, I just wish I had a throwing star. Gosh. <laughs> I wish I had a throwing star. Or at uh, least a blowgun. Dart gun. I'd just probably look at my wife and say, you go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I think somebody's in the house. Would you go check it out? Somebody's at the door. If you give me a glass of water on your way back, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Pizza yeah. guy. Yeah, so I guess the the point of all this No, and another malarkey. question I have on there is you guys brought up the cars, which I'm still in confusion about, because let's say you're in an argument. Like you said, it starts one place, moves to another. You're out in the parking lot. They're screaming and yelling. You're in your car. You have the option to leave. If you get out of your car, isn't that showing that yeah. you're not going to get self-defense like that? It's like self-defense. You should have not so out. Why did you get out of your car? Here's my scenario. It's this like is, if somebody's in is, your car and-, and yeah. Well, here's my scenario. This is a pending. I don't have a decision yet on appeal, but just to give you basic facts, 
and we'll just twist them around a little bit different. Okay. So you're in your car. You've been having an ongoing argument with your friend. So you guys have threatened each other. Like I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to do all the, you know, back and back and forth. You know that your friend is known to carry a gun. And every time you've seen him before, when you guys were cool, he always had a gun. So you're driving around, going out to get some smokes, whatever, driving around with another friend, and guess who pulls up in his truck screaming? This guy. All right? The people that are in his truck tell the law enforcement department that he got out and you got out, and you guys met between the two trucks and started fighting, and he died. You and your friend in the car say, that you were inside the car, he ran up to you and pulled you from the car. And a fight started and you killed him. So the difference is important because you were in a protected area where you didn't have a duty to retreat. If, if, he was, if you were pulled from that position and then took action against him, it's a different presumption than if you ran and met him halfway. And that scenario, the guy, in fact, did not have a gun, but he was getting beat up pretty good and he stabbed him right in the right place and it basically mean him bled out in a second. Um, that is, I mean, the, the car can be just like your house. You can have that protection that you don't have to, you know, if you're inside of a car and something like this is happening, you're getting a greater protection than if you were outside the car. Is that fair to say? Well, I've, I've yeah. seen multiple, video, multiple videos of people that have gotten altercations where somebody jumps on the hood of the car and won't get off. And it's like smashing on the front of the hood and they freak out and take off. Who freaks out? The driver? The driver. Oh, okay. so somebody's on the your car. Yeah, somebody's smashing your car. Now you're, you're, and you then kills the guy? I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you could go what, on to what the website. What website are you watching? You, you can look on any interweb. There's, there's multiple videos. Are you videos watching Dukes of Dukes Hazard face, again? Facesofdeath.com? No. It's Dukes of Hazard. No. This is like, I, no. It's, this is real. This right, is real right, stuff, right, man. All right, all right. It's not, it's not Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> all right, so no. they're, they're on the car. They're like kicking the car, yelling, screaming. And they're like on the hood, and you're like, ah. And you slam on the brakes, he takes a tumble, whack, head to the concrete. Deadly force. It's deadly dead, force. Deadly force. I, but if you're I like, he was on my car smashing. Scenario. You have a but presumption. Now we got to prove it. You got to prove it, but you enjoy a presumption. So law is like this weird little logic game mixed in with facts, mixed in with a little bit of art, as you've now seen, and the, and the unknown and unexpected consequences of jury trials. So the question is, a presumption logically makes perfect sense. It is presumed you start with a little bit of a leg up uh, that it was self-defense because it was in your car. You, you were presumed. So in theory, the, the prosecutor has to somehow rebut that presumption. How does that fit in to the affirmative defense and your burden of proving beyond a reasonable doubt vis-a-vis their burden to prove you guilty beyond a reason? Or you have to prove your affirmative defense by preponderance of the evidence against yeah. their burden of proving you guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. How does all that fit in? I have no clue. I mean, logically, it's weird when it you read the not, instruction. It's almost confusing for a lawyer. It's, if you've read them, it's circular. Because it's like, yeah. if you believe they've met their burden, go to step two. In step two, if you believe the defense has met its burden of self-defense, then go to step three. You know what I mean? It's and like, it takes you, think, you on these different yeah, This sounds like the ways. new tax laws. Uh, it's, 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 Something. it's a horribly written law. So I, you know, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with modifying or changing it. Now, there is a big debate about this because now, now Ohio has passed now a stand your ground law, and we should probably read what that is. Yeah, now we spent 30 minutes. I'd explain before that I, 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 I was in the fight where I was getting, I, I was getting pretty good beating, and I thought it was ended. And then I was walking away, and I got hit on the back of the head. Uh-huh. 
Now I was on the ground. And as I roll over, this guy, way bigger than me, is over top, clenched fist. I jump back, and I pull a blade. I did that because we had already been fighting. I had tried to get away. I was walking away. I get hit in the back of the head, and now he's coming at me. Now, I didn't stab anybody. But that was the situation that I was in. I don't, th- I don't think the action that you took is wrong. Now, I think what you're saying is what people that have CCWs want you to do. They want you to look at somebody being in that scenario and say, you better get back. So in your scenario, I think you handled that right. Well, that was what I said, too. You, I said, you flipped I said, the knife. I said, if you come at me, I'm going to cut you. Yeah. Well, no. Where it gets dicey is if you actually cut them. Here's the thing, though. You've, you've heard the experts on this. If you have a gun and you pull it and you're not intending to use it, you shouldn't have pulled it. I, was I know, gonna, but I was going to ask I don't that, agree too. With that. I was going to ask that. No, I, I understand. I don't agree with that. When, when, when I got my first gun, my dad told me, if you ever point it at another human being, kill them. I get it. I, I understand. Here's why. It's a crime in Ohio, or it is an it is <coughs> a, uh, act of deadly force in Ohio to just brandish a gun. As soon as you pull it, now you've... Now you're using deadly force. All right. That's the, that's the thing. So I guess what I'm saying is, is incorrect with CCW training. Well, it's incorrect with, it doesn't necessarily mesh with the law because it is the case we had in Circleville, right? I, know, I mean, I know. that becomes a felonious assault. If I brandish a gun, now it's a deadly weapon. It becomes a felonious. It's like, it's a, it's but if a, that was the factual scenario of what really happened there, the, if that came out in the facts, because remember there was additional facts to you that. You can still have self-defense to that. No, I, I understand. But Even if I just you, point it and nobody's alleging that I tried to pull the trigger or anything like that, you have to have you think it ever gets charged? It did in Circleville. Well, remember, there were some facts to it that made it a little bit more egregious. Yeah, I hear you. But it, it, it does it ever get charged? I don't know. But, I mean, we're in the textbook here, not to necessarily me, the real world. I know. I, that To me, you can use, like you used, a gun, knife, whatever. You just used it in a way to get yourself out of the situation Here's by the not point. further hurting anybody. Here's the point. He used it. It was an act of force yes. that requires justification. So just because in his scenario, it was just, so you have to look at it that way. Was he justified in pulling that knife in that scenario? Maybe. Right? Maybe. It's not a clear cut thing. Pulling the knife in that scenario is a show of force. It is a, you know, it's a, it's a so point assault. So for you, pulling it or stabbing them, all the same thing. No. What I'm saying is you have to analyze it legally the same. Now. If he pulls that, the, the, under the law, if you stab him and kill him, it's murder. If you pull it and brandish it, it's felonious assault, right? So it's not the same at all. But you still have to have justification to do either. And if, The same justification. The same justification, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what they would say about guns anyway. And that's it, I don't necessarily agree with that law, but that's what it is. I mean, it's, uh, but we can talk about what it should and be all And you can be along. defending yourself thinking, I'm not going to kill him. I'll just give him a little stick, back him up. Well, and maybe it's yeah. what you did is equivalent to, like, are we really going to have a problem today? Like, it's brandishing like a gun, flipping right? up. And here's the policy it's behind it. It's still in my holster. I didn't pull it. Yeah, but you've brandished it now. And here's, here's the policy behind this. If the other guy's got a gun, now he's pulling it. Right? Now, like, you've, you have now escalated the scenario. And if you didn't have justification to do that, you are now the one at fault. So, But my justification can be, like, take Jared's scenario. He's got to be in fear of safety for serious be- and death. You were. Or death or serious bodily yeah, harm. You wouldn't have done that if you weren't. No. And you right. weren't. Now, and I as a, did as Jared a, have a duty to retreat, right? Did, was he able to retreat? Did, he was he laying on his back, and the guy was over the top of him. Well, I mean, there, there again. So, the, but I'm not saying he did or didn't. Those are rhetorical questions that you have to present once you get yourself into a trial. So here's what you take from this. 
you're going to do that, if you're going to play that game, if you're going to carry a concealed weapon, understand, understand it is not a pass yourself. Yep. from getting charged with crimes that are really serious crimes as a result. So if you're pissed off at the guy driving home, listen to like episode one or two or three or whatever that was. All know, that the, crappy stereo. Um, and you, you, you brandish your gun or pull your gun in a road rage scenario. It's like, you're, look, you, that's, that in and of itself is something that requires justification. It's, it's a deadly force. Mm. So it gets real dicey. Now, what does the, oh, you were saying, if you pull your gun and take a swipe. You pull a knife. You're like, I'm, your, I'm, I'm, knife. I'm not really going to, it's going to stick him. I'm going to cut him. It's like I'm going to shoot him in the I'm leg. I'm going to hold the blade so it only goes in a little bit. I mean, this is my exacto knife. Can't my, like kill somebody with that. My K bar. That, I mean, there's a reason I know about pericardial tamponade, right? Because I've had two or three bar fight cases like that where somebody's got the, uh, the thumb hole flip up yeah. blade that's about an inch and a half long or maybe even shorter than that. And uh, there's a, what happens is a right-handed dude will usually pull that out so it's facing the other guy. And when they come in, they're, they, yeah, I wish we don't have video. Damn it, we do have video, but it's not showing. All these cameras that are Turn it on. All right, so if somebody's coming in and, and I, I, uh, I, I thrust the knife, it's usually going to hit forward. Just straight. Or even sideways. That happens a lot, like throwing a punch, you throw that knife. It uh, often will land on the left side of their yes. rib cage, pierce through the ribs, and break and pierce the pericardial sac, which then begins to fill with blood and somebody dies. It's sort of like that flukes, Jerry, where you're saying you hit somebody in the head and they and hit the curb. something else in the neck you can hit if you come, if it... Yeah, I mean, you hit the jugular, they're going to bleed out, right? I mean, that that happens. Or people get stabbed in the leg, and uh, they get the um, carotid artery. Oh, yeah. That that happens a lot, too. And it's like, it's not, it's hard to kill somebody, but it's not that hard to get lucky and kill somebody, too, if that makes sense. I mean, or unlucky. So, what does all this stand your ground mean, though? I don't know. Let's read it. Stand your ground. Somebody's got to read it. So, let's say, I mean, legislatively, where are we now legislatively? I mean, I think it's following most of the other states with stand your ground. I mean, if you think you have a reasonable justification to take, to, to act with that deadly force, you can do it. You don't have to meet but what these does elements. That, what does that change? Well, I mean, does, that, does it really change anything? Or do you still have to go in there and show that, you know, you prove your innocence, even with standing your ground, won't you? I don't know. Well, I mean, is it going to, what's it really going to change? I don't know. we got to read it. You know, what was it, Zimmerman? Isn't he the one that, uh, yep, that was Zimmerman big, did it. Zimmerman did yep. it. But he's, once again, he's had to stand trial. Yeah, he still had to stand, stand trial for what, for what he did, so you're right. He had, I, but I think it's substantially less than the current Ohio law. I, I, I don't think that, it, does it even go to, Steve, the, your, I think it's just your personal belief. It might not even be a reasonable person's belief. The big people that are against it, I know, um, Somebody spoke yesterday uh, ha- about how, what was this girl's name? I s- just saw it. Stephanie Housie. She's from Cleveland. She's a Democrat re- representative. Yeah, there was this big debate on the floor She's, about this. Yeah, this kind of caused an uproar on the floor. But her, her point is that this law allows people to look at minorities, and because some people just seem threatened by minorities, it would allow them to take action. Um, obviously, the bill passed pretty handily, I think 64 to 24, but the controversy was because whoever was overseeing the floor did not like that she was taking it to that level, and she sort of made her point, but she wanted to keep going on with it, and he eventually shut her mic off I and feel banged more, his I gavel f- a bunch of times. I feel more threatened by some good old boys. 
Well, I, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> really, if you're in the wrong place, the wrong time, a good old boy. It eliminates your duty to retreat before acting in defense in any place where an individual lawfully has a right to be. So it basically extends the castle doctrine to any place, not, not just your home, not just your car or your, your, your residence. Um, it so would what also, belief do you have? It would also shift the burden uh, of proof of self-defense from the individual who used the deadly force back to the prosecutor. So it t- sort of takes away the affirmative defense component of it and makes it that the prosecutor has to prove that it was not in self-defense. In self-defense. Okay, so it sh- shifts the burden, which is substantial. So That's big. I mean, look. I, I mean, that to me is the way it sh- probably should be. It probably should be. And look, as far as the duty to retreat goes, I mean, there's still exceptions to the duty to retreat that almost always apply. Um, where if you can't, let's assume under current law, forget about the burden shifting crap at this point, but uh, under current law, it, you don't have to retreat if it's not safe to do it. If you can't retreat, I mean, if you're backed up against a wall and you got nowhere to go, you can't retreat. I mean, or if this guy says to you, I'm going to kill you, mofo. No matter what you do, I'm going to follow you to your house. Just try to run. You can run, but you can't hide. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. I might as well stand my ground right here. What am I going to do? I mean, Or what if they're chasing you? Or if they're chasing you. What if in your scenario you got up and you're running as fast as you could from this guy and you got 100, 200 yards away and he was on your heels chasing you? (laughs) I'm trying to retreat. What do I do now? He's still coming. You know? There's a couple things it does also. It eliminates the requirement... Uh, for a concealed handgun permit holder to keep their hands in plain sight during a traffic stop, if so doing would be impractical. It eliminates the requirement that schools, courthouses, police stations, airports, and other gun-free zones post signs indicating the firearms are prohibited there. It reduces some of the offenses of illegally carrying concealed firearms to minor misdemeanors. That's interesting. Wow. Um, Prevent local governments from passing ordinance regulating the manufacture, taxation, keeping, and reporting of loss or theft of firearms, in addition to existing state law banning local regulations to ownership, possession, purchase, transport. That's a bunch of stuff that matter. Um, I mean, it matters, but beyond the pale of what we're doing. So, like, driving in a car, you know, we've had this conversation a lot, Steve. Like, let's say you go to a shooting range and you, you know, shoot your firearm, how, is, how do you lawfully transport that firearm home? Because we have this come up all the time. I mean, I, I, get it. I talked yeah. to somebody the other day about a situation box, where go yeah, the you separate him. But I've talked to another guy the other day that had just put it back in his case and, and, and headed home and get stopped, and somewhere or another they get to a gun, and now he's not transporting it properly. I still review that stuff. Uh, it's scary. When I, before but maybe I that's this. why they're trying to make it a minor misdemeanor, that it, they're going to say, you can't do this, but they're not going to make it a felony. And so do a, I need uh, to keep my throwing stars on the dash? I would, you know what I would do? If, if, Keep them in a holder if, if, my, if, if, my, if, my, if my throwing stars are in a center console, just get that, a new belt buckle. a concealed weapon? Yeah, that, could be, that might be considered a concealed weapon. That's a, that's a knife. That might be a misdemeanor type thing. I mean, I have knives in my center console. I have a I've super seen, tool there, a Leatherman. Dude, yeah. I've seen people that work at UPS that they call a box cutter that they carry to work every day, a concealed weapon. Yeah. I had, uh, I remember this, my dad one point. We had like an old, I don't know where this thing is, but growing up, sort of like your anvil. We had in the house, like a, a, I'd love to know the history behind it, but it was an old blackjack, like a billy club, like a real, you've seen those steel things wrapped like in leather, asp. like with leather yeah. wrap, really cool thing. And, and at one point, my dad caught my brother, my brother thought it was cool or something to put on the seat of his car or something, and he flipped. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and it's not, my brother's not a violent guy, he never would have used it, right? But it was just like a- Something cool to show everybody. My dad found, a, I had a, a hatchet. Uh, a handle. I didn't, I didn't have the. I didn't have the top. I just had the hickory yeah, handle. The hickory the handle. Yeah. 
and I had it in my Jeep, I had it on the side there. My dad pulled it out once to me, he said, what's your plans with this? What are you yeah. gonna do with this? He's like, my question to you is, what are you gonna do when the guy takes it from you? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> well, I mean, the point is, is that those are concealed weapons too. I mean, and that, that becomes an, its own problem that, you know, if you think you're being cool, toting around a club or something, it's like, you know. Yeah. You ever seen the blackjack hats? They make a hat, and then the back half of the ball cap has got the lead weights in the hat. I've never seen it, but so what a great got, idea. Then you got your bill. You grab the bill. That would hurt. Boy, that would hurt. Wow. That would hurt. You guys don't know about those? No. No. They sell Let me with, tell you, they, Well, they have them right next to the throwing stars. I'll tell you where I did see throwing market. stars. I saw throwing stars for sale and recently. And snap caps. I saw throwing stars for sale recently near the old Carl's Jr. at the Pumpkin Festival slash show in Circleville. There ain't no festivals in Circleville. Dude, You're about to get a blackjack. I know. Man. Dude, there was a stand there, and I was like, this stuff's got to be, this got to be stolen. This stuff's got to be stolen. They had oh. probably 30 asps. You guys know what an asp is? Snake. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. no, no. So it's, uh, it, it's kind of handheld like, like, like a pen, and when you throw it out, it oh. goes out, and it's like a pipe. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can, it's totally a concealed weapon. They're selling those there. I almost bought one. It's a pretty cool thing. They were selling machetes there. They were selling- um, You know, Jeff's got an infatuation with machetes. I've been to sporting goods stores with him, like hunting stores. I do. And I he do. always stops in I front of the- machetes. What's the brand? The, uh, the orange one. The orange knife. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. It's with uh, Bear Grylls. Yeah, it might be a bear grill. It's a, I can't remember the exact. It's a brand everybody heard, but they got the big orange machete. Jeff always says, "Man, I really want one of those." I, like, I don't know why. The freaking I don't machete. know why. It's like, dude, one. I just want. I, want I to got have a nice one. new machete. My last pick. Machete. I'm picking, I mean, it's cool. I mean, machetes are cool, nice. but really, it's one of those things. That, what are you gonna do with it? You, you can use them. Machete. Uh, I mean, stuff. when I lived in the Ozarks, bamboo. Well, if you need it, yeah, I'm you need it. Oh, I'm sure you need it. Yeah. Well, this one was hand wrapped, so it was a machete that was sharp all the way down, and somebody rope wrapped like rope around it. Yeah, it's a good machete. It's kind of like Rambo style. I was like, dude, I, I kind of need a machete. Morgan's like, we're not buying machetes. My wife's like, no. And then they had the little. Did you really uh, ask her for a machete? Yeah, I, I was dude. I was digging through everything, and he then in the back, machetes. in the back, I felt uh, you I have to a, go to Swappers. He has to go to. Swappers. I love. I love it there. You you don't even know how many throwing stars and machetes and swords dude, and and the, you have no idea the kind of stuff that people hang on you, their walls in their bedrooms. Tons in the back of the place, there was a huge basket of bags, and all the bags said, "I love New York" on them. I was like, dude, this all this stuff's hot. Like they're in random boxes. I'm like, all this stuff, dude, it's hot. You can you know what LOLs are. I do not. LOLs are a little kid toy. They're selling LOLs there for like half price. We're like, dude. Doesn't that mean laugh out loud? Yeah. That's what my daughter gets into. It's this little, I won't even get into it. But anyway, so I'm like, well, they're half price. We'll buy some of these. And we get back and I'm like. It's not stolen. It's Chinese. It's, that's yeah, what it was. It's, it's boxes that's what of it Chinese was. goods. It was shady. It was it's, knockoff. It's yeah, knockoff. It looked just that's like it, but it was is. knockoff. Yeah, yeah, those guys are selling throwing stars. But trust me. Next year at, at the show, it's a good and chance you of coming out with a pumpkin cheeseburger. legitimate throwing star rep. Pumpkin I'm, cheeseburger, I'm with all asp. These, these overnight throwing a, star salesmen. And a machete. All right, let me bring this back to, <laughs> to a place that makes a little bit more sense. So we've got <laughs> hey, this all stand concealed your weapons. Law. We're still in the same place. Here, here's the thing. The stand your ground <laughs> law has passed the house. And for the legislative scholars, that doesn't mean that it is law yet. There's a couple stops. It's just, I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill. 
And uh, so it's got to go to the Senate and get approved. Then the governor has to sign. There's stuff that has to happen. But it looks like it's going to. And I, I but look, what, what, what's your vote on it, Jeff? What do you think? Good, bad, ugly? Uh, I think it's controversial. Like people are making it racial. And I understand yeah, that. People argument. make it racial. Yeah, I understand that, too. Because, um, I mean, look, the, I have never agreed with the fact that uh, the state is bringing a case against somebody and they don't they're not addressing the component of self-defense at all. It's on the defendant to present evidence. To present, yeah. I mean, that has always been troubling to me. So this law does get around that and actually makes the burden on where it should it be It doesn't give state. you the free right to go out and... No, and, absolutely not. There's no. still... There's, it's I mean, not just like we actually, saw in the controversial it, Zimmerman case, we saw it. They presented now. evidence that he was a hothead with, with guns, that he was, uh, he was racist, that he was... I mean, I, well, they I, also there was, the, there was contrary evidence too that would have justified what he did. I mean, that, that case had its controversy, but that's why I got it tried. was a coin toss, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah. a slam dunk either way. It doesn't mean you walk away. You're right. It's not a rubber stamp of killing people from any race or, or gender yeah. or form. But yeah. you know, I did, think isn't Zimmerman in prison? Didn't he shoot somebody else and go to prison? Yeah, he had. The, what yeah, a, what a weird footnote to yeah, that. Yeah, right? I think so his did. wife. His wife did something too. They're all locked up. Yeah, let me tell you, the justice system will will screw with you, but. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's a, if it, if it has a, a disparate impact, so to speak on, I, I would doubt if it did on any racial thing. So people may disagree with me. I'm sure I have just raised the ire of uh, controversy, but I think, it, you know, we've, I've tried enough murder cases to know that that stuff is never, uh, completely clear. There's always sure. a, there's always a blurry standard in there somewhere. And just because you don't have a duty to retreat doesn't mean you automatically get to use deadly force. It just takes away. Uh, one of the impediments now. So the bigger controversy is really the duty to retreat, not the burden of proof. Um, I, 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 I think that you and I would both agree that the burden, of, the burden shifting part of Ohio law was always sort of odd. It didn't yeah. logically make much sense. But as far as whether stand your ground is rational, not rational, good, bad, or ugly, you know, I don't know. The NRA supports it, so that probably gives a lot of people a reason not to. And then uh, on the other side, on the other side, just the opposite. Too, so yeah. you know, it's like uh, I don't know. Good, bad, or ugly, Ohio's, Ohio, Ohio's self-defense law is at least on the road to change. Mm-hmm. They did some other stuff with abortion, but we're not going to cover that just yet. Oh, my gosh. That might be kind of explosive There's like a heartbeat law. A heartbeat New law. rules. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is. It is the most restrictive. They, I just read yep. this headline. It's the most restrictive abortion law ever. Uh, I don't know if it's not passed. or it may, it So far, passed. it's the most restrictive well, abortion. We could probably talk about house. that. But and they talked about moving it down. DeWine said that. Because he's still, he's not, he hasn't taken the helm yet. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's stuff. So I'm, we're not going to get into abortion on he's this. He's busy in Pike ground. County right now. We're not yeah. going to get into Pike County. another one we got to talk about. Yep. But those are other talks. Well, I'll say this about stand your ground. You know, I've come in contact with it through my, through what we do with minorities that legitimately, and I've even seen it in police reports, you know, maybe an officer will note the fact <clears> that. Oh, well, he kept his hands up at all times, and I thought that that was weird. And then I talked to him, and be like, "Well, the cop says, like, when he was coming up to the car, you almost like had your hands out the window." And there, I'm a white male, and this person is showing legitimate fear. Like, yeah, have you heard what's been going on in the news? Like, heck yeah, I'm showing him my hands. I don't want him to shoot me. Yeah. So I, so I'm not saying that that's a correct way to think. But I think the woman's point that made made the arguments at, you know, that got sort of controversial about race. I think there's a lot of people out there, not me, but others that do read what's in the headlines and have legitimate fears of an officer maybe taking it too far. Well, we're not talking about officers, though. Well, 
Well, true, but the shootings, I guess, that are that make the news in a lot of circumstances is maybe an, an officer I, taking. I'll say this: I can't think of. I've never defended a case that this would have changed anything. That doesn't mean they don't exist. No, sure, but I've never. But I think that's one. her point: that that someone that maybe has a bias or a race issue or even just looking at somebody that looks scary or dangerous in an alley might take action against someone that doesn't pose any threat. What and she's the saying, elements, good. Yeah, well, no, I think what she's saying, look, if you're, if you go to a white suburb and you're a black male that looks scary to the white right. suburbs, then right. this gives them sort of free, more freedom to use deadly force. And, you know, I, I guess my, my response to that would be if that, if somebody's inclined to do it, do you think they're really going to exercise a duty to retreat anyway? I mean, right, it's, right. it's like they're going to do it I think that way. would be in very... Now, well, those then, are the ones I think we hear about. And then that's the, issue, the Zimmerman right. of the world that we hear about once every five years. And then the some, issue is, do they get do they get acquitted on some self defense thing? And I think the other factors are probably more important than that one um, because think, yeah, you know, you still have to have a reason to use deadly force. You can't just shoot somebody and say oh, stand your ground. Well, I think the the point she's probably making is Zimmerman is guilty all day in Ohio. Is that fair to say? No. Oh, don't, you don't think so? I don't know if necessarily. I thought Zimmerman's factually, I thought factually there was sort of a, an altercation, like a like a discussion initially that then led to. We ought to do if a. If he had a duty to re- retreat, how would he be able to present a defense? If he did, well, see, I we'll have to do. I don't remember the facts of that case. We're I'd have, have, have to look into it. Too. We, we don't have a duty to retreat, even with this. No, you you stand your ground. No, you no. do not. You can we stand your not. ground. You don't you have do a duty not. to That's retreat. The point of it before deadly force. But you could have used it. You didn't. You, right now, you don't have the duty to retreat for non-deadly force, and that can easily escalate into a deadly force situation where you can't retreat safely. I mean, it's like it's, it's a hard. very it's a, dynamic yeah. situation yeah. to analyze, and I think it puts too fine a point on it just to say this is now going to result in killing of one race by another. No, I don't or, think. I think that's a very difficult position to defend. Frankly, I, th- I think and that's it why is. she was met with such. I appreciate the concern. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Look, I, I'm not. You know, I, who am I to say? I don't. I don't. I, I can't say that it's not uh, a, a legitimate subjective concern. But I guess from what what we do, I think if somebody's inclined to shoot you because you're a certain race, they're going to do it whether they have a retreat, duty to retreat or not. And then the question is, are they going to get acquitted? And I think there's going to be factors generally in those situations that will be overwhelming one way or another. So it's like it probably wouldn't even be self-defense. It would just be murder. So in that unique situation, do you think the stand your ground law makes it easier for them to get off, to, uh, to be, to I be think acquitted? It, I think it makes an easier self-defense claim, but having tried a number of, only, but only by, maybe only by logic as much as anything else, because how many times you really get up and parse through these, these little elements of self-defense? Like the last one we had, for instance, we worked with... Uh, uh, other lawyers, experts in gun laws and self-defense and all this stuff. Mm. And I, I looked at them and said, look, I, I'm a trial lawyer. I know what works. I know what doesn't work. And I am not getting into the nuance of this. This guy was afraid. He did what he did. Rock and roll. You know, right. it's like you don't want right. to parse through this and have checkboxes on this stuff. You need to get the instruction and then do what we do. Make creative, compelling arguments. Make art out of it. Mm. Um, so I guess... It, it might be just as important in the court or more, I guess, more applicable for court of appeals type arguments than, than otherwise. Or maybe it might come up in this scenario. Do you even get a self-defense instruction in the first place? And uh, maybe it makes it easier to get the instruction. But if it's a stretch to get the instruction, you know, you got a tough road to hoe anyway. So, But does that add an additional element to the prosecutor then? For sure. On any murder case, right? 
I, they have I, to check the box of this was not self-defense. It was not self-defense. Yeah. 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 But it's like the same thing. I mean, at a time, it, it, there's thousands of crimes where they have to do something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Without justification. You know, it's like that happens all the time. So yeah. without consent in a rape case, I mean, mm-hmm. they have to prove that, that there wasn't consent. So, you know, I, I don't. It, that that argument's not going to bear a whole lot of weight with me. Oh, that, I don't have any problem more. with it. I, I again, I think if you bring the case, you have to be the one to you got to prove be it. able be able to prove it. Now, I do not want laws that would result in a disparate impact on a certain race. So we shall see. Actually, it'd be interesting. I, I got a hunch there's going to be a lot of this stuff that's cut out. Who knows? So that is stand your ground, lawyer talk style, throwing stars and all. <laughs> You missed. All right. I've been waiting for you. Lawyer talk off the record on the air until now.